The swamp creatures are itchier than normal today. As we tape this podcast, the headlines are on edge. Warning, Washington braces for Mueller report. D.C. mainstream media, the PR agents for the Democratic Party, are on edge too. We'll figure out finally, eventually, when this report does come out, possibly what's in it. We know over the last uh, couple of years that uh, those said PR agents have been totally engrossed in it, even as we've found uh, no evidence of direct Russian collusion with the uh, President of the United States or the candidate for President of the United States before the 2016 election. We break it all down, that and so many other issues, of course. It's our periodic visit uh, with your U.S. Senator, Senior Senator Ron Johnson, joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Good morning, sir. How are you? Great, man. How about yourself? I'm okay. Uh, probably a little bit better than you. You're still stuck in the swamp on this Thursday, but getting home to God's country this weekend, right? I'll be home tomorrow, yeah. All right. Sounds good. Let's delve into the, the big story that's uh, grabbing everybody's attention. You know, we've heard this for several weeks that the Mueller report could drop at any time. There's talk again today that it could be any time. Um, what do you think about it all, and what do you think uh, we'll ultimately find out by this long-awaited report? Well, let me start by saying that the American people have a right to know what happened, but not only <laughs> anything that might have happened between the Trump campaign and Russian connections, but also within the FBI, Department of Justice, our intelligence communities, the Department of State, uh, you know, what, what is actually happening in the venue for that information to be uh, obtained and then disseminated to the American public really ought to be congressional investigations, which is why I was always opposed to the uh, establishment of the special counsel, because as soon as the special counsel is, is named, as soon as there's a criminal investigation, Congress doesn't have access to that information. Mm-hmm. So you see, the Senate Intelligence Committee still hasn't really issued uh, any kind of definitive report on this. Uh, and the reason I say that as well, inside the Department of Justice, they investigate all kinds of people. And if they don't indict, nothing is ever made public. And that's completely appropriate. You can, there may be some suspicious activity, but if you can't gather enough evidence to actually put forward an indictment, Nothing should be made public. Mm-hmm. So on, on the one hand, I absolutely believe the American public has the right to know everything that happened surrounding the 2016 election. Quite honestly, what was happening inside these agencies after the election and early into the Trump administration to, to sabotage this administration. The public has a right to know but the venue for that being made public is not through criminal investigations. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't believe Robert Mueller uh, is in a position to really do that investigation into an agency he formerly headed, the FBI. And so I I really don't expect that we're going to have that full accounting from this special counsel. That said, do you you believe that this special counsel has the goods, as uh, CNN and others are hoping uh, he does, on the president and the people surrounding him? It doesn't appear that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the indictments, they're by and large completely unrelated to this, so they're processed crimes lying to the FBI. So you would think if there was some smoking gun there, it would have been leaked to the press a long time ago, which is why you see the narrative somewhat changing to 
Well, he was still talking about uh, some tower in Moscow or something like that. I mean, completely uh, different from what this investigation was initially established to, to determine. Yeah. Was there actually any actual collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia? And uh, again, what we see, if, if anything, the collusion was between the Hillary Clinton campaign, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele, and contacts in Ukraine or Russia. I mean, that, that to me sounds like the, the more likely interference in, in the election. And then, of course, James Comey uh, conducting himself uh, completely inappropriately uh, as FBI director and, and taking on the, the role of uh, Department of Justice. Yeah, and I, I haven't uh, spoken to you since, but uh, last week... Uh, we've had uh, we've had some very interesting information coming out of the investigation, the interviews with Lisa Page, for instance, and the whole Strzok affair. And I mean that in every sense of the word, of course, with Lisa Page and uh, Mr. Strzok from the Justice Department. But uh, uh, w- what did you think about some of those revelations about what? A lot of conservatives, certainly, and a lot of Americans who've really looked at this are concerned about this deep state and this threat, uh, looks like, to me anyway, a pretty clear threat about government agents working to undermine uh, the results of an election. Well, the text between Lisa Page and Peter Strzok were just a treasure trove, and they were just crucial mm-hmm. in, in, in our ability to make public to the, American, to the American public the deep-seated bias inside these agencies, which is just completely inappropriate. Um, you know, from my standpoint, I'm, I'm waiting for the Inspector General's report. Uh, that will hopefully be pretty definitive in terms of any FISA court application abuses, uh, but also, the, for example, the, the, the rampant leaking to the, uh, to the press within the FBI. You know, there, there are a couple of people in the FBI that are actually authorized to provide information to the press, not the you know dozens of uh, FBI agents that purportedly uh, were leaking as well. So it, it is important the American public fully understand the, the deep-seated bias in these agencies and, and how that can really undermine our democracy and, and really thwart the, the will of the people in terms of the electoral process. Mm-hmm. Senator Ron Johnson joining us in this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Just a couple more questions on the looming... Mueller report, if it indeed comes out uh, today or this week, or if it's postponed again or, or whatever. But I'm just curious, um, you know, have, has Mueller found things in his investigation? Certainly. Uh, he's found that there were a number of Russian agents, uh, Russian Russians, nationals, you know, uh, involved at uh, some level. And no, we we know already that uh, that Russia has been interested in trying to affect our election. But again, there has been no evidence showing that Russia worked with the Trump campaign. So at the end of the day, if that is what Mueller found, and you've got things like Manafort and Cohen and all of these things that popped up on the outside of the actual scope of this investigation, as we see so often with uh, special prosecutors involved, um, was this just ultimately a huge political distraction at a time when America really has had a great deal of economic and foreign policy success? It's been an enormous political distraction. But we do have, you know, really... uh, 
challenging problems uh, facing this nation. And it's unfortunate. Uh, I was not at all surprised that Russia was trying to interfere in American democracy. Uh, we've seen it. I'm chairman of the European subcommittee. We, we've seen a basic coup attempt, an assassination attempt on the prime minister of Montenegro. Yeah. Uh, every Eastern uh, European nation is under attack by, by Russian propaganda. Ukraine, uh, Georgia, Moldova, Romania. I mean, everyone is, is under their attack. Uh, and so it didn't surprise me. Russia's always tried to interfere. They have new tools. And so they, they use hacking and release those emails. Uh, they use social media. You know, fortunately, we're, we're kind of onto their game now, and, and social media companies are, are cooperating and taking down those sites so they have less influence. Uh, the good news is it's almost impossible to change vote tallies. A uh, little, little more at risk would be our voter files, but we have backups there, and we're going to know if those things have been corrupted. Uh, the, the biggest problem really is that whole social media influence, um, but that's going to be across the board. We, we are in a brand-new world of you know, news primarily being obtained through social media sites, uh, the social media companies themselves have, having an awful lot of power through their, their algorithms in terms of what they allow, you know, what they promote, you know, what's at the top of their, their pages. Uh, this is a serious question for our democracy. You know, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't allow an individual to have a TV company, a radio company, a newspaper in the same small town mm-hmm. because of outsized influence. And yet we have the Googles and the Facebooks of the world controlling all this dissemination of information. So, no, we, we have serious issues concerning uh, our, our politics, how people get their political information, how people you know, actually make their decisions in terms of who they're going to vote for. But in terms of Russian collusion with the Trump campaign, the you know, Senate Intelligence Committee's chairman said two years in the investigation, there is no evidence of collusion. It doesn't sound like Robert Mueller will bring any, forward any evidence. And so I would say it's just it's been an enormous distraction. We have Iran, North Korea, Russia. China, you know, we're doing pretty good economically, but now we have the trade wars. Uh, there are a lot of issues. Uh, how, how, about, how about the fact that we're $22 trillion in debt, yeah. and over the next 30 years, another $100 trillion in, in deficit still looming, and we haven't fixed our health care system. So, again, it's, it is unfortunate that there's been so much ink, so much uh, press time paid to what is probably going to be much, much ado about nothing. Well, if you're a big fan of uh, the bloated national debt, you're going to love the Green New Deal, by the way. We've talked about that in the past. No need to labor on that right now. But that's become the one of the hot topics, of course, in the political game. Uh, let's turn our attention to another big issue we really should be keeping our eye on. You have to, of course, as not only a U.S. senator, but as the chairman of the Homeland Security uh, committee in uh, the the Senate, and that is the, our, our border security. I guess the question now is, what's next after the Senate came through and uh, effectively rejected or uh, sided uh, a number of members of the uh, Senate sided with uh, the House in terms of the president's uh, declaration, emergency declaration? What happens next on that front? Well, the veto will not be overturned, so it'll stay. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be core challenges to that. But what we need to do is we actually have to fix our horribly broken uh, immigration system. The, the legal, legal loopholes, the legal precedents, the laws that have been passed incentivize uh, more and more families and children from Central America coming to this country illegally because they get to stay. 
And, and, and let me just point out the, the actual figures. In 2014, uh, this is a couple of years after President Obama issued DACA, which was used by the Coyotes as an incentive. It doesn't apply to anybody in the future, but it was used as an incentive by Coyotes. You know, come on in here, you get to America, and you get this uh, notice to appear, which they used to call permiso. Like, in other words, they were telling the, the, the people in Central America that you'll get this slip that permits you to stay here. You know, total falsehood, but that, that sparked the flood in 2012, 13, and then 14 was the big year when President Obama said, this is a humanitarian crisis. 120,000 unaccompanied children or people coming in as family units crossed the border illegally and were apprehended. And President Obama called that a humanitarian crisis, and it was. It overwhelmed uh, CBP's uh, capacity to, to handle. Well, last year, 145,000 people came under those same two categories. In the first five months of this year alone, 175,000. Now, it's mainly people coming in as a family. That they don't let any of the kids go to waste. You always have an adult coming in there as well. They're coming to this country, and Matt, they get to stay. Yes. Because our laws do not allow us to detain them, to be able to hold, you know, hear their asylum claims. Most of them are rejected because they're really coming in here as economic migrants. And I don't blame them for doing that, but if they got to come in a legal process, we have to be able to control this. But we process them, and then we disperse them, and they get to stay in America with a work permit. And so, you know, it's a horribly broken system. And people in Central America realize they can exploit the law, so more and more and more are coming. It is a growing crisis, and Democrats are such hypocrites. They're being so disingenuous when they say it's manufactured emergency. No, this, this is a real emergency, and President Trump is absolutely correct in declaring it an emergency. You know, I don't care what you call it. It's a big deal. It's a big problem. It has to be solved. Well, ask Congressman Kinzinger from uh, Illinois. He was there. He'll tell you. He knows exactly the state of emergency that exists on that border. Gentlemen, you're quite familiar with State Representative Tony Kurtz. He's been there. He knows it. Ask the people who are truly there, who have to stand at that border and try to protect the United States of America from what is truly a crisis at our border. We're running out of time. Uh, I know you've got to get going, but I did want to ask you, uh, to focus a little bit here on uh, the state of state politics in Wisconsin, an extremely important Supreme Court race coming up, important certainly for liberals to try to retain the seat, long held by uh, arguably uh, the biggest liberal on uh, the American court system, Shirley Abramson, who is retiring, uh, a race pitting a uh, conservative uh, uh, against uh, another liberal in Lisa Neubauer, Brian Hagedorn, the uh, conservative uh, uh, judge who is vying for the vacant seat or the, the opening seat. Where do you think this uh, race goes now, particularly with all of the attention that's been placed on Judge Hagedorn's faith? Well, I typically... Typify the race as a, a judge, somebody who will apply the law against judicial activists who will willingly vote to overturn by judicial fiat all the progress we've been made, you know, we've made in the state over the last eight years. So that, that's what's at stake. And it is, it's a really big deal. And we need to elect the judge, Brian Hagedorn. And the biggest attack against him is he's a person of faith. I mean, that alone will be a tragedy if, if the left is able to defeat somebody just because they're a person of faith. And the left apparently thinks that disqualifies somebody for being a judge. This is going to be an all-out grassroots effort. And that's why, you know, I have to implore everybody listening. If 
If you want a judge versus judicial activist, you have to talk to your friends, your family, your neighbors. You have to get them out to vote either now early or on April 2nd. We have to retain the seat or we could we could lose the Supreme Court in 2020 when we have another race during the Democrat primary. It's going to be hard to retain that one. That would flip the court. And then then a liberal activist Wisconsin Supreme Court would do a great deal of damage to the progress already made. So this is crucial. It's all about turnout. Uh, we need to get our grassroots energized, which is really what we're trying to do is we rebuild the Republican Party of Wisconsin after the November 2018 election is rely on the grassroots effort, the county parties, uh, the, the volunteers, the, the people that uh, really do make this country great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. This, again, is a huge election for both liberals and conservatives. Turnout is going to be always extremely important. All right, before we let you go, you know we love to do our five fast questions. Are you strapped in? Are you ready, sir? I did really terrible last time. No, you didn't. You, you think you did. No, you think you did bad. I think you did just fine. Those were tough questions. Those were tougher than the ACT and SAT questions. Certainly they asked some of the, uh, you know, the uh, kids from the elite families uh, on the <laughs> ACT college entrance exam scandal. So you did just fine. But these questions should be a, a little bit uh, easier. Um, all right, let's go with number one. This is a March Madness-related question. Is it true you have a minor in bracketology? I, I really don't. I'm not, I'm not, I don't follow closely enough, so I, I'm, I remain productive during that. <laughs> you and three other uh, people, by the way, and, and by the way, right now down the hall from us, of course, people are starting to gather around the the TV to watch all the games. Does Milwaukee have enough trolley cars to host the 2020 Democratic National Convention? I think more than enough. <laughs> Number three, is it time for CNN's Jim Acosta to conduct his own personal Brexit from journalism? <laughs> That would be nice. Okay. Number four, can you ever watch Aunt Becky on Full House the same way again, knowing what we now know? I never watched her originally. I didn't even know who she is. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, a lot of people have gotten to know who she is, of course, over the last uh, couple of weeks with this whole big uh, college entrance exam scandal. And the final question, sir, are you concerned that the nation could be swept away by Hickenlooper fever? Uh, that will not happen. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. As always, sir, I appreciate your time and your perspective. Very important to check in. We'll talk to you down the road real soon. Have a great day. You too. Senator Ron Johnson joining us again as we delve into the big issues of the day. Of course, as we tape this podcast, the Robert Mueller report, long-awaited Robert Mueller report, could come out any time now. So I did want to get, uh, before that report is released, a little perspective from a guy in the know, a guy who certainly has seen a lot of documents that not all of us have been privy to uh, surrounding these many investigations. Interesting uh, perspective, as always, from Senator Ron Johnson. Again, our guest today on MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting.